You had a lot of nicknames in high school. There's old product placement Cozio. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Greetings. Once you notice product placement, like, I didn't know what it was until I was in college. Watch iRobot sometime. No. It's one long Converse commercial. But, like, some things are just, like... Let's position the Folgers can this way specifically. Oh, it's bad. Hello. And once you see things, you can't unsee them. Something real. Something real advertising. I don't drink Folgers, so. They're 18, is it? They do. They're the ones that do the, the 1850. Yeah, right? that's, that's not bad. That's, that's, that's not bad. Stuff. But I've started getting. Um, do they do black magic also? Who does black magic? That's a pretty good one. I don't know. That's, that sounds like some voodoo stuff. Um, <laughs> I've been drinking Stumptown. I'm unfamiliar. It's good. I'm on Amazon subscribe and save. Speaking for of product coffee. placement, let me just get a little shout out to Freilich's, uh, uh the local restaurateurs. Uh, they are now roasting and brewing their own I coffee saw that. there, and it is delightful. I haven't they, had it yet. I'll have yeah, to. There's, I'll, I'll just be real upfront about it. Most places where I go and get coffee, they're selling somebody else's coffee right. at coffee house prices. Uh, you know, it's been two fifty or or higher for a cup of coffee. Yeah, two fifty seems cheap now. It's crazy, and it's not good enough. You right. can go to Speedway and get right. it at the gas station, and it's better coffee than than half of the restaurants. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating or joking. If they Most have it, places. if they have it. Well, yeah. <coughs> uh, Something to rant about. Speedway never has coffee. They're uh, they're fair trade certified. It's actually rainforest certified, but it's also fair trade. Uh, Guatemalan blend is also quite good. But do they have it? Just do they have the beans that you can buy? I don't know. They might. It's possible. Colleen, what's going on? Oh, I'm talking about Speedway stuff. Oh, sorry. That, that was my defense of Speedway. But most of these places, it's just not worth it. Um, I guarantee it, you Speedway it, doesn't have beans. In Fusco, they, did, they used to. Uh, in Fusco, in Sawyer, does right. an excellent coffee that is worth the price. Freilix is really worth the price. That is, it, it's, And I don't think it's higher than other places. It, it's do they have the beans? They do, I'm yeah. Sure they, do. they do. And she does a variety of blends that uh, she's... Done some experimenting. Did you get, you get at the bakery or the restaurant part? Um, Talk amongst yourselves. I was. It, it was actually at a funeral dinner oh, afterwards well, that, that I had. Escalated quickly. Last time I was there, um, but uh, I've. It's both. It's at both places. Okay. So. Yeah. I meant for like purchase the bag, but it's probably at both. Yeah, I think this. Anyway, both. So they, they have you been into the new place? I, not well, yeah, a couple times I've eaten there and picked the up stuff to 19 go. 19 North, I think they're calling it or something yeah. like that. I actually haven't been into the, been into the bakery part, which was the original one, since yeah. they opened the new place. Yeah, but. it's they they've done a really masterful job. Beautiful building, beautiful building. The food is terrific. It is. It's I've not, had a it's not cheap. The sandwiches are the lunchtime. Right. The lunchtime. I had a burger the other day. Yeah, it was really good. Anyway, if you don't live around here, you probably don't know what we're talking about. If you about, don't live around here, you should. A, yes. They're. I agree. Uh, they had a. And you can order stuff online. I think there to be shipped they to had you. A burger so. that probably not their burger. Bruce got for me. That he with the olive stuff on it. No, oh. it was another one, but it had. It was it was a fancy burger that had a bunch of stuff. That I'm like, I would never order this. It was terrific. It mm-hmm. was real, but but they're only using for their for their ground beef. They're only using high cuts, right. high quality cuts. So right, it's good stuff. Anyhow, we like food. That's right, we do, and we like a lot of things. You know, <laughs> when it comes to food and coffee, and <laughs> we like a lot of things. Easter and we, that was a one calls the heart horrible transition. So, yeah, we're, well, we're, we like a lot of things. So let's talk about Easter. Yeah, we do. So. We like Easter, uh, Easter hey, candy. Oh. 
my child likes Easter candy. So before we started the podcast, and I know this is why everyone tunes in, we are getting your uh, recap, your your uh, feelings the... about the latest episode of When Calls the Heart and your trepidation about where they're going. Do you with come this. here for the weekly When Calls the Heart review? I recap? think most people do, yeah. It's... Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't watch When Calls the Heart, start. They just took it off Netflix, so you're gonna I think you're gonna get it on Amazon though, the seasons. But here's the thing with the current season. There's this love triangle going on. It's been going on for three seasons now. Three seasons too long in my Correct. opinion. But now I there's teams because people are divided, whatever. I'm team Totally manufactured. Right. Nobody's really divided. They want you oh, to be I'm divided. Oh, I'm divided. Yes, because you bought into the market. I did. So. I you'd think I'd know better. Hmm. But I'm really team Lucas. She's it's you've got to think about the time period. It is now nineteen eighteen in this series, and I realize nothing else they do is historically accurate. They're perfectly like made up and they're There is no World War One, apparently. Or and no plague or whatever. Um Spanish flu. Um She's dating this guy. Now, she's straight up dating this guy. And in the last episode, they held hands walking down the town, walking through town. Like, in that time period, does that not mean something? Is that not, like, a big deal? It would appear to be so, yes. So, my thought is now, the longer she's with this guy... Having not been present in 1918. Do you remember 1918 and how that was a big deal? Um, She's with this guy. Straight up. And now I feel like 100% she's going to end up... There's like four or five episodes left in this season. 100% she's going to end up with this other guy. And okay, that'd be fine like two seasons ago or even at the very beginning of this season. You could have gone that route. But now you've strung this dude along. I love him. And <laughs> and you're going to break his heart. Oh, so gracious. comment below how angry you are at When Calls the Heart and join me in my frustration. How uh, are you going to equate that to each <laughs> He, Lucas in the program has proven to be a man of character, which is good. He came in to be the scoundrel right. appearance, which they've done before. Also, like Lee was the same thing. Right. <clears throat> so he comes in as the saloon owner with a shady history that they still have not divulged to us, uh, and or at least illusions of a, a shady history. We still don't know why they're bringing in boxes of no that was resolved fish with money in it right? that was resolved what was the resolution remember when those guys came in and tried to kill him and kill yeah. elizabeth right it's be- he got that money i don't remember how he got it but it was told but he got it to help a friend who was like in an abusive relationship or something and he tried to get her out of that relationship oh yeah that's he right said, lucas has that's been nothing right. but honorable and wonderful which and is super boring but anyway well at least he's not whiny like a certain <coughs> he's a little whiny yeah they're both whiny uh, everybody on TV is whiny, it seems like. So, except well, for everybody, Lee. everybody in real, Lee, everybody awesome. in real life is whiny too. So. No kidding. <laughs> so anyway, they've art imitates reality. They have, yeah, they've worked a lot of stereotypes into this. But you know, the the new family, the new the Canfield uh, family, yeah, the Canfield, they're uh, great. The, the only the only family of color in Canada, apparently, um, and on Hallmark. Although, <laughs> although realistically. For a couple of seasons, they were bringing in a variety of ethnicities into in into a situation where there probably would not be diversity. True, true. But anyhow, that's not really super relevant. Um, I'm excited about his story as he's, he's running. He's going to become pastor. He's running from his pastoral call, having right. been a pastor, running but he's got plans, right? right? So, uh, and so I'm 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 interested in that. But we were talking earlier. What what is the what is the whole series about? What's the story of the whole series? 
it's supposed to be about a teacher that comes from kind of a high society yeah. lifestyle and goes on this Canadian, you know, Right, so you're following frontier. Elizabeth's life. It's right. Really, the entire thing hinges on Elizabeth, and the original who did story, get on my nerves this season. Right, but, no. but the original story is about this teacher who then falls in love with a Mountie and gets married and whatever. Okay, they've done that. Spoiler alert, her husband died. And now, so they've created this love triangle for three seasons. <laughs> so they've, they've gone away a little bit from yes. the Which, story. Which, I mean... Fine, I get that. You're not going to be able to have ten seasons of TV or whatever based on one book. Right. I get that. So but when when Lori Laughlin was on the series as Abigail, right. who was a tremendous character and a central character, not the central character, but she was the 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 main supporting character right. in this. I will say I do like that since she's been gone, Rosemary's gotten more attention because I love Rosemary but yeah. I did like I did like I think Abigail's that was character. destined to be anyway because Pascal well, Hutton is pretty phenomenal true but the the series went on yes and you've had so many characters that I really enjoyed and, and they'd come and go and the series goes on and Jack dies and the series goes on and so um, but you really can't have the series without Elizabeth True. You, you can, you know, they they had the spinoff of you know when, when Hope, Hope calls, calls, which looked like it was going to be pretty good, but uh, apparently it wasn't renewed because I don't see it anywhere anymore. Right. Uh, but without Elizabeth, that story goes away. Right. So without the resurrection, the oh. gospel goes away. There, there is no, you know, if we miss out on the story that God is telling from beginning to end, then none of this matters. Right. So uh, as we're looking at, at Easter, and, and I wrestle sometimes with why is Christmas so much bigger in the culture, so much a bigger holiday than what Easter is. Christmas is good. Easter is better. Right. Know, it, and with, it, I mean, without Christmas, there's no Easter. I get that. <laughs> and without Easter, right. none of the rest right. of it matters. Right. Without Easter, there is no gospel. Jesus is just another baby born in Bethlehem. There's lots of babies that are born in Bethlehem, well, given the population. Uh, he's just another guy who came and did a thing, and it really didn't matter. And there are lots of people in the history of the world who came and did things, and they just don't matter. There were lots of other so-called messiahs. And there are lots of religions around the world. And so when we look at whether it's Judaism or Islam or, or any of the world religions that are... Um, you know whether they're theistic or polytheistic or whatever. Um, when we look at, at at all of these things, there is a um, there is a teaching that goes along with it, but there's only one where we're talking about the Messiah who came to Earth and sacrificed Himself for us. Mm -hmm. They're all about us getting to God and how right. do we how do we live right? How do we follow the law? How do we find how do we develop better karma how do we do all these things christianity is not like that because christianity is not ultimately a religion now there are religious aspects to it in the in the adherence to beliefs and behaviors but that's not the essence of what christianity is christianity is embracing the reality of who christ is and recognizing that we can't get to god right he he's holy and we're not and if, if you have a God who is everything that the God of the Jews and the God of, of Christians is, the, the God of the Bible, mm -hmm. the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
a God who is as he reveals himself to be and as we see him even in creation the vastness the the omnipotence the omniscience the and, and specifically as we see him revealed in scripture the holiness the character of God that is that is holy and beyond and and ultimately sovereign then you cannot do your best and work your way up right. to impressing this God that that just the logic of that does not flow it's self-defeating but in in Christ God came to us mm -hmm. and not only did he come to us he didn't just come to us to teach and many would say that that Jesus came from God to teach and to give us an example of how we should live but that's not what the Bible teaches that he did right. he came to actually be the sacrifice to to maintain his justice God needed the the debt the penalty to be paid that's it, it, without that it's not justice but to be merciful loving and compassionate he became the payment mm -hmm. for that penalty the debt that was actually owed to him right. and so he he is both just and justifier but if Jesus didn't rise from the dead right. then that would indicate that he died and, and paid that penalty for sin right. but that that was it. The end. It's the right, end, right. right? So for him to be the God-man, both fully God and fully man, the, the only one person with two natures, uh, when we see him doing this, for him to just die, Paul says, if that's it, then you're, all of our preaching is useless. You're not saved. You're still in your sins mm -hmm. because it required him to rise from the dead as part of the entire package for for our justification so that in in doing this that is the declaration that is the seal that the price had been accepted that the sacrifice mm -hmm. was accepted by the lord and so the life giver sacrifices himself for us and yet after a a very true and physical death and a true and physical resurrection he is eternally alive and because of that we can we can have life we can go from dead in our sins to alive in christ and dead to our sins so uh there's just the idea that easter is some secondary holiday that may be true in the culture uh that may be you know something that you know people are always going to think of as secondary but Maybe it's because of the fact that that is the specific claim of Christianity that apart from the resurrection, the whole thing falls apart. Right. And that's everything, literally everything about Christian life, everything about Christianity in general hinges on that resurrection. There's so much... I mean, every Christian or not, I feel like most everybody knows the, the Easter story, the, the story of Jesus. Um, but there's so much, I feel like, to unpack that doesn't get unpacked on like a typical Easter Sunday service. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I know I've talked about it before, but I've been reading, uh, there's a, I have a daily Bible reading plan and it goes back and forth from the Old Testament and the New Testament. And today's New Testament passage was um, the story of uh, Jesus, or the, the leaders bringing this woman who committed adultery to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, those whoever without sin cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. And what I never really got 
from that story before was, yeah, I realized obviously everybody had sinned, so they couldn't do anything and they all walked away. But there was one line in there that says, eventually, Jesus was the only one remaining. Mm. And that really struck me in a way that it never had before, especially considering the gospel and considering that we just went through Easter, to, to think about a man, like you said, fully man, fully human, mm. with 0.00 sin, right. um, that was the only, that was another reason, it was the only way it would have worked. Mm-hmm. It, Otherwise it, he would have had to die for his own sin. Right. And if he dies for his own sin, Then he can't die for ours. Then he isn't resurrected. So right? that, I mean, obviously I knew that, I've known that my, you know, my whole life, but to, to see that, to read that, line, that, that yeah. really got That'll to preach, me. That'll preach, Right. So I think there's all these factors that play into the gospel and how it just had to be just so and and when you think about this fully god fully man well, i guess i'm just focusing on the fully man part and how mm. how short we all fall how short i fall of anything right. even close to that it's mind-blowing what this man had to go through the idea that that we can somehow save ourselves by doing good right. that we can impress god with our good deeds is not intellectually honest i mean that's right. uh <clears throat> the the reality of how, how seldom, mm. and even that may be generous, we actually do our best. We actually are, are in those purest, finest moments as we, to borrow from Abe Lincoln, listen to the better angels of our nature, we, we still are so far from holy right. with impure motives. And, and even the moment we start to have those good things we start to get filled with pride mm-hmm. and so uh they <laughs> there's a tweet on easter sunday which has apparently since been removed oh. by uh you know who the reverend dr um um no i forgot his first name I don't uh, know warnock him. um he's the new senator in, in georgia he's the oh. pastor at Ebenezer Baptist, where Martin Luther King was the pastor, and he is a um, proponent of liberation theology and, and the social gospel. And he tweeted to the effect that um, Easter is more transcendent than just the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as if that's a small thing. Hmm. Uh, and we can all, you know, basically honor the spirit of Easter by, you know doing good things for our fellow man and thereby save ourselves, mm-hmm. which is the most anti-gospel thing and right. and hopeless. That is the most hopeless thing. That That is a message that was, that was promoted a lot around the turn of the century leading up to World War I. And we saw how well that went. That if we just educate everybody, if we deal with the prosperity, if we get rid of uh, with the, the poverty issue, and we and we uh, distribute prosperity to everyone, and we this is you know the same kinds of things that you saw in the revolutionary movements, uh, such as the the Russian Revolution and so on, as you saw this mentality that says we can just fix things, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a movement. In Christianity at that time, it was actually becoming the, the dominant thinking that we would usher in the millennial reign of Christ by 
cleaning up the world. That's right. right. We're gonna we're gonna do that by right. living right. And if we and the biggest problem we ran into is lack of education mm-hmm. and inequity in wealth distribution. So if we could deal with these inequities and we could educate people, then we would. Uh, we would fix all of this, and I think it was C.S. Lewis that said that education without without character, without morality, is only produces uh, uh, what is it more more clever devils, you know. And that's what we did. And so in in World War One, we demonstrated that the smarter we got, the better weapons we could create. The more we could figure out how to except for in one calls the heart because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. In <laughs> uh, we could bring about this this beautiful world right and so we came up with oh let's do warfare by mustard gas and 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 just destroying everything more destruction than ever before so then we get out of that and we get more educated and we get more wealth and prosperity after world war one and so what do we end up with world war two and and the holocaust and and all of the horrific things that 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 humanity does against humanity and it's ultimately what we do against God. Our, mm-hmm. our sins are first and foremost against Him. And so when we look at, at all of this, you know, the idea, this is why so many people got turned off against religion at that time and, and still today. Because if you're offering this hopeless idea that you can just do better, you know, that you put, you put a Jesus label on a Tony Robbins message, you know, right. let's, let's just all go out and, and, and you know, Think good thoughts and have positive self-talk. And, and if we just will do good deeds, you know, get up and make your bed in the morning and go out and do things. And I'm not denying the validity or, or, or benefit of any of those things in a temporal sense. It is good to live an orderly life. However, it is absolutely hopeless to offer any real meaning to life, which is why you see people who live a good life by others' standards when we see it and it's like wow they've really got it together and then they end up committing suicide right you think about celebrities who you know quote unquote have everything or you know endless money or whatever and how many of how many of them are clinically depressed or commit suicide or whatever which you know again all all of this is anecdotal but it's the preponderance of the evidence aside from the what we see in scripture just the preponderance of evidence would indicate pretty clearly for us that you cannot find the life by doing these things. Mm. We keep trying, but this idea of trying to uh, to have a, a particular morality that will bring about this fulfilling life where we are, are meeting our our purpose I, that just doesn't happen. And so, apart from apart from a relationship with God, you're you're not able to do that. Right. Now you might be able to have a happy life and get through that, and lots of people do. We've got lots of folks who go through this life and they are happy and successful and so on. So not everybody who doesn't believe in the resurrection ends up right. committing suicide or in right. throes of despair. But the the bottom line is, even if you have all of that for all of this life, we still have to deal with eternity. What happens right. after we die? And I, you know, I don't know because. It's funny you say that. I I wrote an article the other day for uh, one of the therapists that I write for. For All your free medical advice, come to me. Um, And she said, the biggest question I get from all my clients, they'll walk in and they say, how can I be happy? Hmm. And so, you know, then you have to write an article about all that. But 
if that's what people are, and who doesn't want to be happy? I mean, that's, we all want to be happy. And I'm not saying that there are not things in this world that will make you happy. But it feels to me, and I guess from my own experience and from seeing other people, that most things that you think are going to make you happy or fulfilled or whatever are very temporary. Right. Like you buy a new shirt and you're happy for a few minutes and then that goes away. And then so you can feel like you keep having to do more, whether it's right. buying things or doing things or being in relationships or doing whatever. And it all just seems very temporary. And if that's not telling that there's something missing, right. I, I don't know what is. And secular psychology addresses that as well. You know, aside from the spiritual aspect, we can recognize in people that the, the primary factor of happiness is not somehow achieving it, but mm. choosing it. Mm -hmm. Happiness is a choice. And so when we see contentment in life as a choice not to seek better circumstances, that inevitably leads to frustration and despair because I, I don't can despair. That's an enunciation with the because I, I can't fix my circumstances. I don't control everything. I can do everything right. I can wear my mask all the time and avoid COVID and get hit by a car in the intersection and, and die. Uh, you know, all of these different things that, that we try to do to preserve our safety and security, to avoid pain and pursue pleasure. You they, just, you know, they drop are, over in an instant. Right. For and whatever reason. And, and there's so many seemingly random factors in right. life that, that are not controllables for me. And so we can see that the happiest people, this is true in, in you know marriages as well, marriages are successful when people choose to be happy, when we develop habits of, of happiness, of not letting my, my circumstances dictate right. whether I'm happy or not. I'm going to choose to be content in it. Now, you can do that apart from Christ. I think, but contentment and happiness are two different things. Um, I think. I, I think... Contentment. Well, yeah, I think we could define terms right. more more precisely than that. Uh, but they are inextricably connected. They are. You know, yes. That, that yes. is, uh, however, we choose to define various lines, whether one is a causality and, and or not. That we we need to be able to see that, that there is a connection. Always, right. people who who are not who do not choose contentment, and contentment is a choice do not tend to be happy. Great. Right? Yes. And people who are always looking for the next fix, whatever that fix might to be. To be happy. The next big score, the next, you know, that perfect relationship. You're never going to be the, content. Right. You know, there was, you know, <laughs> there's always, you know, you have the quest for the perfect lover. You have the right. quest for, you know, the, the perfect body image, the, 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 the best home. Climbing the, the perfect job. Right. All these different things. And... It's elusive because as soon as we have one, that same discontentment mm -hmm. comes into our life. So, you know, and, and again, you mentioned Hollywood and celebrities and stuff. When you've got all the money in the world and you've married the most beautiful person in the world and everything is awesome, it doesn't stay awesome, right? right? Reality happens. So when we're talking about, you know, spiritual reality, we can't escape our, our need for the gospel. Because even if I can live an entirely happy life now, but I spend eternity separated from God, right. that's not worth it. Because this, that's, that's this is the title grasp. page of the right. great novel. And I get that that's difficult to grasp because this is all we know right. at this point. And, you know, 
the concept of eternity to pe- to a, a people that lives, you know, on a hundred years or whatever is is difficult to wrap your head around. Right. Yeah. But it's there. <laughs> yeah. First Corinthians fifteen. I read this on Sunday. First uh, Corinthians fifteen is not a um, gospel account of uh, of the resurrection, but it's. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth, where they've had a variety of, of struggles there. Uh, it's a very uh, prosperous, affluent uh, group of people. Um, they're, you know, they're in, in a, a situation where um, people outside might respect them as having a lot of uh, a lot of things. They got they got the things right, and so. Paul is writing to them toward the end of this this letter saying about the resurrection. He says, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. So he's making clear, as he does elsewhere, there is only one gospel. Mm-hmm. There, there is one truth. This is the, the, the absolute claim of Christ, of Christianity, and, and Judaism historically would say the same thing. Although now it's everything is so watered down that you know there are, are various different types of folks who call themselves Jewish, even though they're they don't practice orthodoxy at all. But Orthodox Judaism would would still, I believe, say the same thing. There is one truth right. that that there there are no subjectivities to it it's not maybe it's true maybe it's not true it is true or it is not true period and there is one true living god paul is saying the same thing and and christianity is completing it's not not a really a change from uh historical judaism it is the completion of the promises that god made this is the continuation of the story uh, that god was telling so again just like in in the tv show there's a story that carries it along right. the story that god is telling from beginning to end it has always been the this beautiful creation that he created us mm-hmm. for a relationship mm-hmm. with him and sin separates us from him that, right. that we fell from that relationship really we didn't fall we jumped we we rebelled against him and in our insurrection and in usurping his throne putting ourselves in that place of ruling uh where we get to call the shots not god which is take a look around us how you know however else we want to spin things isn't that exactly what we see every day, all the time, is God doesn't get to tell me what to do. You don't get to tell me. I get to decide for myself. My free will, this is the greatest idol that we have, is this concept of free will, which is just absolutely insane. But, but the whole story from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, from the dawn of creation and, and, until the sunset of time, when, when all of this is playing out it is the story of god's interaction with his people god uh, who who creates this perfect relationship we wreck it and he is is redeeming it ever since everything else is pointing to the cross right and what you've uh, maybe it was last year or something you you at one point when when you were giving a sermon you had a list of all of the verses in scripture where jesus was was mentioned or or talked about or I whatever. Did. I think you did. I must have stolen it from somebody. No, I'm sure you did. You found it online, you said. Yeah. <laughs> but it was but you were, you know, and I've 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 heard before that you know, in the Old Testament Jesus is there. 
you know, he's being talked about, the, what is to come. And so when you say it as like, and you, you know, you hear the Bible being called the greatest story ever told or Jesus' life being the greatest story ever told. But it's, I don't often think of it that way. So to think of it that way as God laying out this story, mm. not only does it make everything make so much more sense, mm. because who doesn't have a thousand questions about why did he do this? Why did he do that? When you think of it as God creating this works that ends this way, we know mm. how it ends. And that kind of makes everything fall into place and and I think makes the gospel even a more mind-blowing thing to think about that right. he was writing this way back here he was he had this and not writing it himself but he had this plan way back here right and he knew what was going to happen there's a purposefulness today. right it, you know and and it is you know, when you say the greatest story ever told, there was a time when I think that was more meaningful to us. I think now when we hear that, it kind of cheapens it. But but yeah. it really is that. I mean that there. And as a writer, you know, when you are writing something, there is a there's a purposefulness to it. Mm -hmm. Now sometimes we do it better than others, and sometimes I'll go in and not really know where I'm going. Right. I'm, but That's God, most of my but, career. But God does. Right. You know. So he's there's an intentionality. He's, he has the end in mind right. from the beginning. Right. So as he's doing this, he. He already knows how this plays out, and so there's everything that takes place is purposeful, right. and and that's kind of what what Paul is saying here. In you know this, there is one gospel, right? First uh, Corinthians fifteen two. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you believed in vain, right? So he continues. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So the fact that he died for our sins is central. That's crucial mm -hmm. because apart from that, we have to die for our right. sins. But according to the scriptures. But according to right. the scriptures, there was purpose in it. This wasn't just something that that just he happened. Was a martyr, and like, and then we're going to retcon this into right. the story. Right. This was what the scriptures had right. always prophesied. That's what gets me. Like whoa. Right. So he died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised. And the, and the buried part is making this point that mm -hmm. he actually was dead. It wasn't right. like he was mostly he was super dead. dead. You know, he was all the way right. dead and buried. And he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Again, focusing on this connection to the timeless telling of what God has always been doing in the purposefulness right. of his sovereignty. So... Uh, he was raised again on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, as Paul is writing this to the Corinthians. Not today. Not today. Uh, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. So he's, he's saying this isn't just made up. It's not wishful thinking. Right. There are eyewitnesses to it that you can actually, at the time of this writing, and this is you know later on, you know you're, you're talking about um, probably thirty years later, mm. right? Um, so as he's as he's writing this, you can actually go and talk to the people right. who, who saw it. Saw it and we're willing to suffer for it. Right. It would be one thing if they gained some kind It actually cost them everything. Right. Apart from the resurrection, you can't explain right. the changes in behavior right. because people will die for a delusion. They won't die for a lie. Right. They won't die for something they know isn't true. They won't give up their families. They won't give up their wealth. They won't give up their reputation for and something that they know in advance isn't true. And when you see something and experience something like that, how can you not? 
talk right. about it, you know. Yeah, that, and that's the it's the reality aspect. So when when we're talking about faith, and, and we come back to this a lot at real life, when when we're talking about faith, what we're really describing here, if we look at like Hebrews eleven one, faith is being sure of what you hope for, certain of what you don't see. It is aligning my thoughts to reality. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting on board with what is real, even when it doesn't seem real. So right. when we're talking about something that's difficult to believe, and yet I know that it's true, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in when you are going through dreary days and, and the, the sun never shines and it just let the sun's never going to shine again and all you can picture for your reality in that moment and it's funny how this can happen in a matter of hours but the, the only reality you can imagine is the the Doom cloudy gloom. gloominess but the sun hasn't changed right. it's just that something's blocking my view so faith is knowing that the sun is shining even when everything is overcast the same thing applies here when we're talking about uh, trusting in Christ. It's not making something up. Right. It is trusting what I already know to be true on the sunny days, right. even when it's cloudy, even when he's dead and buried, and I knew this. And so on, on Saturday, these guys are struggling, right, because right? he's in the grave. They have no idea what's going on. We do. We have the benefit of hindsight. They had no idea. So they're confused about it. Right. Paul was actually, you know, Christ appears to him later on. Paul was actually persecuting the Christians. He was endorsing their uh, their being put to death mm-hmm. for their um, their blasphemy, as he would see it. But because he encountered the risen Christ himself, it changed everything for him, and his entire life now was shaped by that reality. Again, a fallacy, a delusion, okay, it can it can shape us. Right. But something that we know isn't true not will not do right. that. So when we see the resurrection here, it's huge. And so uh, in addressing the fact that some people preach that, that, um, <laughs> that uh, there is no resurrection, he says in verse 17, if Christ had not, has not been raised, your faith is futile. Hmm. You're still in your sins. Then those who also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, if, if this is where we have our best life now, then we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each of us in his own turn. Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. And there's so much more. I'd love to keep reading it. But and I'd love we're to over ask time. about a thousand more questions, but we are out of time. Um, so we will get back to uh, Ephesians next week, but I'm glad we got to talk about this and dive a little bit more into specifics. Um, I mean, really, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the center of the story of humanity, of, of all history. Without it, we're kind of hosed. So thank goodness. Um, We will, yeah, like I said, we'll be back to Ephesians next week. But if you guys have any questions or comments for us, uh, be sure to leave it on Facebook or YouTube or send us an email at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org or you can leave us a voicemail at 269-756-RLCC. I think that's all I have. Awesome. Is that all you have? No, but we're going to stop anyway. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys later.